0: Welcome to Renew Humanity, the podcast for heart-centred social change makers. I'm Tiana, a mid-twenties changemaker from Australia on a mission to live consciously, explore and change the world. As a life coach for changemakers, whose practice is centred on three fundamental pillars, philosophy, spirituality and social change, this show dives deep into how you can find and live in alignment with your truth, the mindset and strategy tools to increase your impact and ways to help you thrive across all areas of your life. If you're a social change maker who is ready to serve humanity as an abundant heart-centered leader, this is the podcast for you. This episode of Renew Humanity is brought to you by Skillshare. One of the best things you can do to increase your impact as a change maker is to be constantly growing and learning new things. That's why I love Skillshare. I've used Skillshare to learn how to draw and procreate, all about the basics of watercolour and oil pastels, food photography, video editing, a ton of lifestyle and personal development classes, and I even began learning Spanish on Skillshare. If you love learning and growing, you can sign up for a free Skillshare premium trial using the link in the episode show notes below. And while you're there, make sure you check out my very own Social Change 101 Class for Changemakers. As someone with a professional background in media and communications, working with human rights and humanitarian organizations, and doing a PhD in communication for social change, I know all about the importance of getting your messaging right, whether you're building a personal brand, a business, or a not-for-profit. My friend and fellow changemaker and today's guest, Brie, also knows all too well how hard it can be to get your messaging and marketing just right as a purpose-driven brand. So much so that she started her own digital marketing company for ethical businesses all at the age of 19. Since then, Brie has also started an ethical jewellery business, and in today's episode, Brie is going to be sharing her story as well as her biggest tips for changemakers wanting to increase their impact online or start their own ethical business or passion project. So welcome to the show, Brie. Could you begin by telling us a little bit about your story and your background as a changemaker?
1: Yes, definitely. So, thank you for having me. Um, I have been involved in the change-making space for the better part of my life, I'd say. I um, was early involved in a variety of ways. You know, I was the kid who was always running around for 40-hour famine and doing it in a dress and all of those things. Um, And then as I got older, I kind of realized more of the impacts that these things were having and why I was passionate. Um, So it became really apparent to me that there were vast, systemic systemic inequalities in the world that I felt weren't fair and I was like well why is my life different to someone's based on the situation that I've grown up in that doesn't make any sense to me Um, and so I started sort of looking for ways that I could make an active change um, that were actually contributing something rather than just spreading a message of a brand um, and so I started by getting involved in Oak Tree, which, for if anyone doesn't know, Oak Tree is Australia's largest youth led international development agency. Um, and so Oak Tree works in Cambodia, Timor Leste, and at home here in Australia to empower young people um, to be able to take, um, to be able to increase their capacity to create change in their communities, essentially. Uh, so I started as a student ambassador when I was at school. I then, once I finished school, I joined the team. I transcended through all of the positions, climbed my way up. Um, and when I wrapped up with Oak Tree uh, earlier this year, I was the deputy head of community engagement and was overseeing our national branches and our domestic work. And then concurrently to that, as my passions and ideas and education and knowledge progressed, I um, commenced uni doing a Bachelor of International Studies and I majored in International Development and Inequalities. Um, After my first year of uni though, I realized that I quite enjoyed looking at more of an analytical lens of how economics and business can interact with the social change space. And so I switched over after my first year of uni to a dual program of business management and arts. So my arts degree, I am now major in International Relations and Sociology. And then in my business degree, I major in HR. <laughs> so it's just kind of like a random wild tangent. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I got started in things. I love that. Um, <laughs> we actually have an episode of the
0: Changemaker Q&A podcast where we um, had a chat to Thanu, the CEO of Oak Tree, oh. and Beck, who I think is the head of community engagement. Yeah, so okay. I'll definitely link that episode for anyone who's interested in learning um, a little bit more about Oak Tree and the work that they do. That was like probably one of my favourite conversations very Um, people they are awesome and yeah I love that like you're studying such like a diverse range of things I used to always think that like if I like because I studied like a bachelor of global studies which is just like super broad like there's no majors or minors you just like do a little bit of everything I was like people would always be like oh don't you like want to study something where you're like specializing in something so that you like have like a kind of stronger set of skills and you're more employable. And I always used to kind of worry about that. But now that I'm older, I'm so grateful that I did study something like that because I have a much more like multidisciplinary understanding of the world and like the way, my way of like looking at different problems and just way of thinking about the world, I think is a lot better. And it takes like a more, I guess, like holistic and like systems thinking approach because I don't have this like very narrow minded um, view. And I also love that you're studying like, things like HR, which (laughs) seem like, like, it seems like so random. And you're like, why would somebody like study that if, you know, they're interested in like making a difference, but like the reality is like everything in the social change space is no different to any other industry. Like you need accountants, Mm -hmm. you need people who are good at like all of these other things. So that's really awesome. Um, I'd love to hear what led you to begin your business, Fletcher and Co.
1: Yes. So today Fletcher and Co is an ethical digital marketing agency I have a team of four people and we look after ethical and purpose-driven brands all across Australia New Zealand and Southeast Asia which is pretty cool um, but it didn't start that way so when I was 19 and I was the grassroots director for Oak tree so I was looking after a portion of our domestic work there um, we kept bringing on these digital marketers to work for do work for us for different campaigns that we were running um, and obviously as a nonprofit, we didn't have a massive budget to be spending and you know a lot of money to be allocating to this space and what ended up happening was we would have all of these people come on board and they would promise us the world and then we kept getting these very subpar results <laughs> And I kind of thought to myself, like, I could do this. I could do a better job. So I took myself out and I decided that I would um, approach a few different businesses that I liked. And I said, hey, like, would you mind if I rewrote your website? And if you like it, you can keep it, but you don't have to pay me. And they were like, sure, that's great. And I was like, fabulous. So from there, I did a lot of free work, gave myself internships, basically forced them to let me have an internship with them. Um, Did a lot of online courses and started doing copywriting for a bunch of ethical organizations. Um, I kind of found this gap in the market where I wanted to find that, you know, that happy place between what consumption and what production looks like, and how we can merge those in the same sector as social change. So, looking at how I can bring these things that are so central to my way of life and just like everyone's everyday being and merge them into be this one thing. So, that's when I found the ethical business space. And then from there, I was doing a lot of copywriting for businesses. Um, and everyone kept saying to me, like, Brie, you're doing a lot more than just copywriting. Like, you're giving us strategies with us. You're saying this works really well with this. You're saying this does this. this, this. This. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I kind of got pushed by my clients into the space of actually offering more than just simply copywriting. So now we offer a variety of digital marketing services from socials to emails to blogs to website audits to website design. Um, the kind of list goes on these days, the stuff, stuff that we do, which is really cool. And it means that I get to bring in all of those different ideas um, to get that, which I love. I
0: love that. I'm curious to know what was the process like not only I guess starting the business but also coming from someone without like an academic or super professional like background in digital marketing and now being like a digital marketer like were you just like figuring things out as you weren't were you constantly just like googling things like and like
1: learning like what did that process look like yes oh my goodness just all purely just going along with it and just kind of figuring out as I go, I'm a very practical person. I struggle with learning things like in theory, I don't, theory doesn't go in my brain. Um, And so a lot of it has just been on the job kind of learning and also inherent things. You'd be surprised at the stuff that you pick up, right? Like your brain is a sponge and just from being alive and being a person who has been on the internet since, they were born basically. like, And a lot of people in our generation, it's the same. It's that inherent stuff that you don't even know that you have this knowledge, but it's actually there. And you just need someone to sort of guide you a little bit. And you're like, oh, I actually do know that. And it makes perfect sense to me. So it's been kind of interesting. But then the business journey has been a wild time. I have no idea what I'm doing. I still don't. I have this, you know, apparently successful agency and I have a beautiful team and we have fantastic clients and all this stuff. But I don't know what I'm doing. It's all completely just like, everyone's like, wow, you've got your life together. Your business is growing. You're so successful. And I'm like, am I like, I'm just rolling with it. And it seems to be working so far. Like,
0: (laughs) I was like literally having the same conversation the other day when I was um, being interviewed by someone. And I was like saying that I thought like when you start a business, you think that like, once you kind of scale up from that small startup phase, like, then you'll, like, really feel like you know what you're doing as, like, a CEO and a founder. And, like, when you're at uni, like, I always thought, like, if I ever did, like, a master's or a PhD, like, I would just – I would know my shit. Like, I would know what I'm doing. And now I realize that, like, you never get to that point where you, like, know what you're doing. You're always just kind of winging it and figuring it out as you go. And I guess it's the same with, like, being an adult as well. I never really – I still don't feel like an adult, ever. <laughs> <I'm> like,
1: me? <laughs> are you sure?
0: It's funny that you said like our generation though, because I feel, even though there's like a, f- it's funny, there's like a, f- how many years between us? There's only three years between us?
1: Like, what year were you born in?
0: 99? Yeah,
1: 99, yeah. yeah. Okay, so
0: you're still a nineties baby. That makes me feel okay. Cause like most <laughs> of my friends are like early nineties. I'm like 96 and 96 is like the cutoff year for millennials. So you're Gen Z baby. I'm a hey, millennial. No, I'm we're definitely. a whole different generation. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you even remember dial up internet?
1: Oh, no, definitely not. You like, don't see, oh no. my god, that's like such
0: a pivotal part of my childhood. Like, I remember, oh, dial up internet. Oh, it's crazy. It's only a few a years.
1: My ago. Oh, I know. My god.
0: <laughs> oh. What do you think, um, as a digital marketer, pop your digital marketing hat on. What do you think that some of the biggest mistakes that you see um, ethical businesses or ethical brands making on social media are?
1: There's a couple that like really stick out to me when I go onto different brands accounts and things. And the first one is that, Often ethical brands won't put that front and center, which they should. Like they have this beautiful value proposition. They have this amazing, unique selling point and they never talk about it. And what ends up happening is they're selling to everyone thinking that they're going to do better and they can create more of an impact if they have more sales and blah, blah, blah. But all that happens is they end up being very beige and just like anyone else that sells whatever they sell or does whatever they do, you know? Like their beautiful, amazing, incredible point of difference is being swept to the side when that's what should be front and center. So the first thing that I always see is, yeah, people just selling to everyone for the sake of it, thinking that's the approach to create the most change when in reality, the impact is being sort of melted away by doing that. Um, Then also not humanizing their brand. So I think it's really important that, as especially for in terms of Instagram, social marketing, TikTok, social marketing as well, what we find is that people want to know who's behind the brand. And so if you're just a logo and a product, no one really cares. You There's no reason for them to connect to you. You might have an amazing vision. You might have an amazing mission. Your branding might be phenomenal. But if you're not a person behind the brand, people don't give two shits because we are so used to being in everyone's homes. We watch everyone's stories. We're really connected with people that we follow on social media. I think influencers, famous people, you know, you've seen the inside of Kim Kardashian's house. So, and she is like the pinnacle for branding, right? Like if you want to know how to do good marketing, you look at the Kardashians, not that they're ethical in any way, but we can take lessons that we're learning, right? And so the idea is that you want to really humanize things and make it more relatable and understandable and give people a reason to love you aside from what you're doing and why you're doing it. And then also, I guess the third thing would be that people fall into the traps of vanity metrics. And then what ends up happening is they snowball and end up following those traditional marketing approaches that don't actually align. So, you know, you'll see like the Gary V's of the world going out and saying, you need to do this and hustle culture and grind culture and blah, blah And it's total BS. It's not necessary and it doesn't align with your brand. So babe, stop doing it. Like it's just completely like... <laughs> totally wrong for so many ethical businesses and they feel yuck doing it too um and it's very obvious that it's not working for them so there's that and then in conjunction with that is just worrying about like vanity metrics so looking at your followers your likes um that kind of stuff that doesn't really mean anything um people fall into that and it's like well are you doing anything behind the scenes that's actually making a difference because followers don't change the world so (laughs)
0: How important do you think um, like digital marketing is beyond social media? Like, Oh my goodness. I know so many people put so much like emphasis on social media because it is kind of like that front facing thing. Like that's what... Like your customers or potential customers and everybody sees and so they put so much emphasis on like how their social media looks and then they kind of forget all of these other things and I mean I don't even, even like I don't even know what half of these words mean like a lead magnet like funnels and like all that kind of like
1: shit that I like tried to learn about but like how important is that stuff as well as social media yeah Oh my goodness. I think more than anything, what we forget about is if you remember back to the start of October, where all socials just fell to shit, like Facebook and Instagram, WhatsApp, Amazon as well, all just crashed. And everyone was like, whoa. Amazon crashed too. Yeah. And it was it tied up in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Angel. Um, and what we have to remember from that, I think was a really good example, is that we don't own our socials and like people get hacked. Your account can get banned. All of these things can happen at literally any moment and you have no control over that. And especially like if you get hacked, for example, getting your account back is so hard. We have one of our clients get hacked um, a couple months ago and she had over 80K followers um, and had built her entire brand around her socials. And then when it got hacked, it got lost and she couldn't get the account back. And so she had to rebuild all of her brand equity from scratch basically so I think the importance of of non-social media digital marketing is beyond words so 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 important like and it's things like looking at building your mailing list and obviously like you want to build your mailing list through a lead magnet and a lead magnet just means something that's valuable that people are willing to trade their email address for so you know if you're a yoga teacher that could be one calming post to help you before you go to bed if you're Running maker workshops, it could be one thing that you can do in your daily life to help make an impact in whatever issue it is you care about, you know, like these kind of things that are super easy for you to do. And it's probably from content that you're putting out for free anyway, but you're changing what it sounds like slightly, making it sound like it's really valuable because it is, and then asking people to trade you their email address for it. That kind like, of stuff
0: is so yeah. I feel like, like the best example for like a product-based business is like discount codes. Like yeah. I'm a sucker. Like even if I'm not going to buy something from them, I'm like, I'll still give you my email address for that 10% discount. Like I never know when I'm going to come and buy something. Like take my email address. Um, I love that. What do you think are kind of three quick things that somebody who has a business or a brand could do maybe not just to like audit their socials, but just audit, audit their digital marketing strategy in general?
1: Yeah, I think the first thing would be is across all the platforms that you're engaging. So your website included, if you're running a blog, if you're running a podcast, all of your social media platforms, as well as um, any other mainstream, if you're doing PR, if you're doing any media relations as well. The thing you want to be looking at is what is the content that you're putting out there. You should always try in anything that you put out in the world, you want to be simultaneously engaging and entertaining while also adding value. So whether that's, you know, in entertaining someone or um, also educating them at the same time, or if you're simply stating a fact, or if you're simply bringing them awareness to your brand, then that's still adding a value in some way. Because if you can add in, you know, like your USP, for example, so your unique selling point, then you're combining them. So You want to make sure that all the content you're putting out in the world has that kind of, wow, like this is actually valuable because otherwise no one's going to pay attention to you. And then that's, you're shooting yourself in the foot and you're wasting your time and energy. So it's like one easy thing that you can do across all platforms is just look at what you're putting out there and then tweak things so that they are simultaneously entertaining, interesting, as well as adding some kind of value. So that's like the first thing. Um, I think it's also really valuable to look um, across your social and your website and have a look at your analytics. So look at what people are actually engaging with. So if that's a different page on your website that has way more views, look at why. Install heat maps on your website and look at where people's mouse is. It's kind of creepy, like the analytics that we can get on people's websites, like the things that we can know. Terrifying. But that's a conversation for a different day. We're going to use what we can to make the world a better place. Um, so as long as we're using these things for good and not evil, I think it's okay. So using those kinds of heat maps and that kind of stuff so we can see what people are actually engaging with. And that way, you know what's actually worthwhile for people and you can create more of that. So again, what it comes down to is looking at the, what you've got and what people actually want. And then if you're looking at things and your engagement's terrible, no one's talking to you, you feel like you're like hitting wall after wall. You're like, I've been doing this for a month now and I've got no fun buying from me. I've got no one talking to me. I've got no engagement whatsoever. Look at other people that you look up to. So look at other brands that you think, oh, they're doing a really good job, whatever industry it is, because they don't necessarily have to be like in your industry, selling your thing, doing your thing. Um, But look at the things that they do that are obviously working well. So you can do that by looking at their best sellers, if they have that selling a product, or you can look at their socials and look at their posts that are getting the most engagement and sort of look at, okay, how can I reflect that? Not saying copy it, but I'm saying you don't need to reinvent the wheel, right? Like if you can find things that are working, go for it. And then I guess the third thing would be... um, to go and not be afraid to collaborate. I think we are in such a competitive kind of world and everyone's like, competition, competition. I'm like, no, it's not necessary. Why are we so competitive? There's space in this world for all of us. So let's help each other. So I think not shying away from collaborating with other brands um whether they're in your space or if they simply have an aligned audience it doesn't make a difference i think you can help each other and people kind of get scared of that but you
0: shouldn't yeah no i love that like one thing that we've done like at the humanitarian change makers network is like the whole idea of like having like a network is this idea of taking a networked approach to social change and realizing that like meaningful change is always going to live beyond the work of a single organization. And it's going to take all of us coming together and sharing our resources and ideas and working together. And I think a lot of this kind of like fear of collaboration probably comes from like a bit of a scarcity mindset, which, you know, it's like, it's not your fault if you have a scarcity mindset, there's so much conditioning that happens in the world that kind of leads us to think that way. And like, even I find myself sometimes like talking to people and I'll be like, Oh, You know, I don't want to like share this like thing with them or like tell them about this thing because I'm like, what if they like steal it? But then it's like, no, Tiana, like abundance mindset. There's enough for everyone. Like, just like don't be afraid to share ideas and information and like resources and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. (sighs) All right, I would love to hear all about your new business. As if you don't have enough on your plate, you're probably one of the only people I know that just like does as much as me and takes as much on.
1: (laughs) Oh, tell us all about your new business. So my latest venture to add to the pie um, is a social enterprise where we're selling jewelry um, and creating a brighter, more body positive future. So the idea is I found this beautiful um, nonprofit organization that I love called Pretty Foundation, and they work um, to create p- positive body image for young girls by Set, like running workshops, facilitating different sort of sessions as well as they have like these really fantastic books. And the idea is redefining pretty, right? So We're looking at beyond pretty being what you look like and your body isn't a you know an ornament to be looked at it's a vessel for life so saying okay you're pretty intelligent you're pretty funny you're pretty strong you're pretty courageous rather than you're pretty full stop so taking that and flipping it on its head I think is really important I think that um we can't be our best selves in the world if we're always conscious of what we look like because really that's literally the least interesting thing about you like no one cares what you look like no one should care what you look like it's so not important so um sort of instilling that mindset in people really young is something that I think is really valuable so I found pretty foundation and was trying to think of different ways that I could support them and I sort of came across this idea where I was like well you know I could sell jewelry (laughs) So I went on this whole wild tangent, you know, just for fun, basically. I was like, you know, I'm very good at building brands and affected audiences. Like that's, that's, I've got in the bag. It's this whole other, having a product business. That's now the fun, you know, learning curve that we're going on. Uh, It's been a wild time. And I'm learning as, once again as I go very much, um, but it's all about looking at the different ways that we can do that. So you know, we came across the problems of what is our price point to maximise our impact and all this kind of stuff. What sort of packaging do we use? How do we ship? All of these things that obviously, as a marketing you know agency, we'd never. I hadn't considered before and now I'm like oh my god okay <laughs> all of these other things to consider and so how can we make it as ethical but as sustainable but also as functional and practical as possible while still having the biggest impact for pretty foundations so it's been a wild time um so We've kind of come to this place where it's a functioning business. We've got orders coming in with strangers are buying things, which is really great. So it means that our messaging is resonating with people too. Um, and so now we're donating 20% of profits from that to Pretty Foundation. And then the remaining money gets fed back into Fletcher and Coadult under the same company. And then we use that for our pro bono work with nonprofits.
0: I love that. It's like exactly what I've done with the change (laughs) maker. Just like, yeah, redistributing all of the money to fund like the impact work. And it's so funny because I always said like, I would never ever have a product based business. I was always like, absolutely not. Just like the thought of like having like inventory and stuff like that. I was like, not for me products, just like a whole different thing. Absolutely not. But then it ended up happening. And yeah, it's been like a fun learning curve, I think. Mm -hmm yeah for sure it's a whole different ball game (laughs) do you think like because of your kind of experience in marketing and building brands and stuff like that like do you feel like if tomorrow you
1: decided to start like another business like you'd be pretty confident doing it I think at this point yes like going into launching brighter I had no second thoughts like yeah. not once did it cross my mind that this could fail even at this point the other week someone was like what are you gonna do if it doesn't work and I was like what do you mean it like, won't it won't not work why it's why? was like I wish you luck and I was like what for like
0: yeah <laughs> that's like what I found that like by the time I decided to like start Like a new humanity in my coaching business, it just like it just happened so quickly. It's like I know what to do. Like I know what I need to do to start a business. I know how to start growing an audience and like building a brand. And then when I learned, launched my like first course. Like my sister said to me, like, what if nobody like signs up for it? I was like, that won't happen. I was like, that that won't happen. I was like, I've got a great like product. I was like, people trust me. Like I know what I'm doing and. Yeah, like, I'm not gonna lie, like, the first day, I was so, like, freaking nervous, and, like, whenever you, like, you see people that, like, you kind of, like, know, or, like, you work, like, you've worked with before, that, like, buy, like, a t-shirt from Changemaker Co, or they, like, sign up um to be, like, a founding member, and you're, like, okay, that's cool, but as soon as you get, like, that one person who, like, is not a part of your, like, circle, you're just, like, yes, I've done it, that's all you need. (laughs) Uh, uh, It's crazy.
1: No. It's a long time.
0: Moving into some final questions. I think I would actually like to ask you if you could describe kind of like your relationship with spirituality, how would you kind of describe it? Because I, you would know, I never used to be into spirituality. I just completely rejected it whatsoever. And (laughs) when we went to, so for those listening, um, there's a social change conference that's held, um, in Australia, it's called New Kind, and it's all about social change, but a lot of the workshops and a lot of the content is very focused on kind of personal development and spirituality and stuff like that. And I went um, and I had a media pass for HCN, so I brought Brie as part of my team, um, as well as another awesome change maker, Kira, and Brie was very much into all of the, like, the holotropic breathwork workshops. And I just, I took one look at that and I was like, that is not for me. Like, that is just, that is not for Tiana. Um, And it's funny because, like, I used to be really into spirituality when I was like a kid like I remember in grade seven I would go to sleep with like a quartz crystal under my pillow the night before an exam because I wanted to like make sure that like I'd wake up with like a clear mind and all of this stuff like I was really into it and then as I got as I got older like I don't know why I think maybe because I wasn't surrounded by people who kind of were like really into it and I just kind of moved along and then as my career progressed I was like okay I need to prove myself as a very rational person no one's going to take me seriously if I'm you know that PhD student with like crystals on her desk which I am now I'm literally looking at like my collection of crystals on my desk oh yeah um, <laughs> but you have like always like as long as I've known you've always been into it and you even like referred me to like a clairvoyant that you've like worked with and like all of these things so like tell us about your relationship with spirituality and maybe how that's um, kind of impacted you as a change maker.
1: It's a funny time. So when I was younger, I was so atheist. I was like, there's no way, like the world is such a terrible, awful, unjust place. How could there possibly be anything beyond this bullshit? Like it's, and I was super pessimistic about the world. Um, I had an interesting upbringing. Um, and so I think that definitely played into my negativity. I wasn't necessarily a negative person. I just figured there couldn't be anymore because this is also shit. <laughs> Um, and so probably until I was maybe like 16 or 17, I was super atheist and I had been to, I hopped around schools a lot and I'd been to a lot of private schools and Catholic schools. And I was like, oh, like God, (laughs) like a higher power, like what? Like, no. (laughs) Um, and then I kind of got to this, um, turning point and I started going to Bikram yoga and I know, you know, it's a ridiculous, like woke, woke white girl, you know. (laughs) falling right into the the you know stereotypes there but i'll take it it's fine um i got super into bikram yoga if anyone doesn't know what that is it's when you do yoga in a room it's usually between 35 and 39 degrees celsius super humid super hot really beautiful um And so I started getting really into that. And as I noticed when my mind would slow down, I suddenly had like this beautiful inner peace in the world. And I was like, oh, maybe it's not so bad. (laughs) Um, And so then I started meditating and would kind of sit on it a bit. And then I had a few out-of-body experiences and met some guides. At the time, I thought it was ghosts. And I was like, holy shit, this house is haunted. We need to move ASAP. (laughs) Kind of went on this journey where it kind of made a place in my life. It wasn't ever something that I consciously was aware of until one day I was sitting there and I was like, oh, I'm actually sat here and I'm not in my body right now. And I can see myself laying on the floor. And here I am with this light being that I know that I can't actually see, but I can see right now. And I'm having a conversation with, but I'm not actually talking. And like, what is all of this? And I was like, oh, wow, spirituality is a thing. Yeah, okay. And then from there, it's just sort of been this ongoing journey where I'm, but I think like quite connected now um, and can tap into things. I'm very intuition. I'm not a practical person. I'm not a systems person. I'm very feminine flow. Just do what I'm told. And what I'm told comes from my gut, which comes from, you know, the thousands of light beings around us. Um, and yeah, so it's been an interesting, completely non-conscious journey that I've kind of ended up on and was forced to go on, I guess, you know, (laughs) gently.
0: (laughs) I love that. I feel like I, yeah, used to be the complete opposite. Like I was always like systems, processes, masculine energy. And I think I just used to think that like I wasn't an intuitive person. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, everybody has that intuition. You just need to learn how to like actually tap into it. Um, But I still think that's something that I'm working on because Based on things like my taste in men, <laughs> <Mm-mm-mm>. <laughs> I've got some more work to do there. Uh, all right, some final questions. What do you think is one piece of advice that you would give for young people who are looking for more kind of direction, clarity, or focus in their life to live in alignment with their truth? Because you seem like somebody who has always kind of known what they want and how to go after it.
1: Yes. Um, So like I said, I'm very intuition-based. So this probably isn't going to apply to all people. So I'm sorry if you're not connected and you're not open to potentially tapping into that, this won't apply. Um, But one thing that I always do and that I recommend everyone gives a go at least is put together a vision board. So whether that's for what you want, your dream life, career, business, whatever, but put the vision board together for not how it looks, but how it feels. So how you feel when you look at that image and if that's what you want to feel, you know, in six months time, in six weeks time, in six days time, in six years, whatever, whenever your goal is for you want this thing to happen, put a vision board together for how it feels and then work backwards. So, find out that feeling, know what that is and then say, okay, well, to feel like that I'm going to need this big thing. Okay. And then to get to that big thing, I'm going to need this smaller thing and then build the steps backwards from there, but start with the feeling and then it will find the way. I love that. Like reverse engineering, but not with like a goal with a feeling. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm like, I don't care about what my life looks like. Mm -hmm. I I care about what my life feels like. How you feel. That's awesome. (laughs) What do you think
0: is one mindset or strategy tool that has really helped you increase
1: the impact that you have as a change maker in your work? I think what happens to a lot of us in the space is that we try to change everything, right? We see all these things in the world and we're like, oh my gosh, like I want to fix that. And I think that this needs to change and I've seen this awful thing. And here's this solution that I read about in an article when I was 17, <laughs> you know, like whatever, right? Like there's, there's a lot of things going on in the world and there's a lot of things that you can focus on. I think I used to get very overwhelmed and bogged down in that and the sheer enormity and interconnectedness and intersects that come into all of the different aspects of the social change space and everything that's wrong with the world right like there's a lot of things that we want to make better and it's super overwhelming so these days I focus on the micro and then remember the domino effect so instead of looking at the big macro picture I just scale down and say okay what's one thing I can do today to make a difference and that could be making someone smile that could be paying for someone's lunch that could be helping an ethical business create their impact you know and then look at the domino effect from there because you can't change everything in the world but if you can change one person's day then you've changed their world so I think it's an important thing to remember.
0: Love that. And final question, you're not allowed to answer Bikram yoga. (laughs) What's one tool, practice, product, app, resource, anything that you use that really helps you thrive every day?
1: I love journaling, but not scripted journaling because I hate rules. So I have a dot journal and it just has dots in it. And every morning I will first write out my vision for my life, my life goal, my morning mantra. Um, And then underneath that, I will list out everything that I'm grateful for. And then I'll list out everything that I'm manifesting at the moment, but it won't be, I want this. It'll be, I'm so grateful for this. And so that's how I kind of get myself in the mindset that I've already got it. So that then when it comes to me, I'm not surprised. I'm just like, Oh yeah, great. That's tick next. Um, So I do that. And then I also to gather my wild, crazy brain right down, I just map out everything that I need to do that day. And then anything that I feel like isn't going to fit into that day, I just put a little arrow and I say tomorrow. And then when I tick off at the end of the day, I already have tomorrow's to do list ready to go.
0: Awesome. I love that. I like have always had like a love hate relationship with journaling but lately like i've really been getting into it mm-hmm. i'm such like a morning pages person if i feel like i need to like brain dump like i will just sit and like write and sometimes i write things and i'm like wow like you're like your own therapist when you're not like like you're not like super like consciously thinking about things and you're just letting your brain like do its thing
1: i know it's <laughs> and amazing yeah.
0: my own problems mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well thank you so much for chatting with me um before we go, how can everyone connect with you or
1: your work? Yes, come find me. So on Instagram, you can find my digital marketing agency, Fletcher & Co., at Hello Fletcher Co. You can find Brighter, which is my new jewellery social enterprise startup, at Brighter AU. And you can find me at BreeJean underscore love
0: that i also just learned everybody that there's actually a piece named after me <laughs> so you can head to uh brighter and on their website you can actually purchase the tiana <laughs> i am a bracelet so i'm definitely gonna plug that one i love it <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into this episode don't forget to connect with us on instagram at a underscore new underscore humanity or head to anewhumanity.net to access our coaching materials. And if you want to connect with me, you can follow me on Instagram at J.